recording. Hello everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of Life on the Line, Stories of a New York City Chef. I am Chef Matt, host of this god-awful podcast. <laughs> Obviously, I, I, I kid. It's it's okay, you know. For what it is, it's pretty good, you know. It's just audio journals, that's what they are. But, you know, I understand that's not what people want in podcasts. They want, like, an actual show and all that, yada, 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 whatever. But anyway, uh, I want to take this episode and talk about what I personally like to do on my times off. Because, if you weren't paying attention to the last few episodes, I'm actually going to be off this entire week. Yes, uh, from the week of August 23rd to August 30th, I'm going to be off. And I won't have any stories to share from the city uh, it's all going to be just me unwinding and relaxing from the hellish month that was Restaurant Week. And yes, I understand that might have sound contradictory, but Restaurant Week was five weeks long, a.k.a. a month and a week. So, you know, I, not, not my decision, obviously, but whatever. doesn't matter. I'm fine with it. Anyway. <clears throat> all right. So. Let's go into details about what I like to do on my times off, because I never really gave light on this. Uh, it's part of my life, you know, and I figured since I'm just going to be doing that for an entire week, I should just make a podcast episode going into that and give people context of like what I'm going to do, you know, because I already have like my whole thing planned out with this week and all that jazz. So, um, yeah, let's go into it, right? All right, so. It's no surprise that I'm a huge fan of Destiny 2, like, massive fan, like, obsessive, you know, almost uh, addicted fan, uh, and, you know, it's like, people don't understand, like, you know, video games are these things where it's like, they're worlds, you know, created by absolutely wonderful, amazing people, and they, like, breathe this brand new spark of life and all that stuff, you know, into lives of the mediocre and unexciting. Because, like, whenever I hop into Destiny, it's like, whoa, what's this? What's happening here? There's, like, always something new happening, like, every other week or so. And it just kind of gives me that dopamine effect of, like, wow, this is so cool. And... You know, personally, I've been a fan of Destiny since the launch of 2014. I fell out, uh, like, after I played the first campaign. Because I'm like, oh, this really isn't that exciting. And then Destiny, and then the first release, uh, The Dark Below, took place, like, in that same month where I got the game. So, like, I just played the game. I'm like, mm, it's whatever. And then I saw The Taken King, and I'm like, ooh, okay. Um, mommy, please buy me. Buy me this, please. I've been good boy. And obviously, uh, I was able to purchase it. And um, I played that more. And I'm like, wow, this is actually cool. But I still left it off because, you know, I'm like, ah, I didn't feel that niche, you know, for me. And then fast forward to uh, 2018. Uh, so three years later, uh, I, I completely ignored Destiny, like, altogether. And then I heard that Destiny 2 became free to play. I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to try and play it. And ever since that December of 2018 going to 2019, 
or sorry, 2019 going into 2020, um, I fell in love with that game again. That game is just so good. It's like the only thing I play on the weekends, really. If you ever like see me on Xbox or whatever, you just know I'm going to be on Destiny grinding out, you know, whatever they have that week or preparing for the next big event or season content. It's just, that's just me. You know, Destiny 2 is my niche hole filler, and it's just, mm, you know. I like to uh, try to get as much as I can out of the game because it's like, that's the thing, you know. If you spend money on something, you should get the full, full, you know, package out of it, right? Or am I just crazy? No, I'm not crazy. I'm just right. Anyway, uh, so like when, when my friends are like, dude, why are you such a tryhard? Why do you have to go for everything? I'm like, well, I paid money for it, didn't I? Why should I not go for everything that I have available? And why should I not feel like when I don't get it, you know, like, ah, oh, damn, you know, I, I missed out. And that has happened because um, I have missed out on some things. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's not good. Oh, man, that's a bummer. And, yeah, you know. That's how I take, you know, like if they have all these things and if they're optional, well, I'm going to do them because I paid my money for it. You know, I should get the full experience. You no, know? but people are like, yeah, I just want to play, you know, I wait, that's it. It's only like two hours of content. I'm like, well, if you actually played the game as the developers intended, you would have at least like 24 hours of content, but you just speed run it all because I don't know just wanted to play the game quote unquote even though you could play the game by doing the side quests like traditionally speaking side quests are not the most exciting bits of content i mean that's why it's called side quests you do them on the side you know they're on the side of your list of importance you know but i digress because you know that's just me i'm a completionist i get the thing i play the thing and i come try to complete the thing a hundred percent because why not what else am i gonna do right but anyway uh i'm as of recording of this podcast which is 822 tomorrow destiny 2 is gonna have a very big very special showcase live stream event and that live stream event is going to showcase what's coming out tomorrow tuesday uh, the new season, season 18, which I have seen leaks of. Uh, I will talk about that a little bit. You know, spoiler alert for anyone who plays Destiny 2 and wants to avoid the leaks. Anyway, regardless. Uh, so there's that. They're also going to showcase the next expansion. They're, they're, they release yearly expansions. Like really big meaty updates, you know, with content and like guns and new locations and all that and it's gonna be big and they're gonna showcase the next thing and we're only halfway through this year of content so like we're entering the second half and we're already getting teasers for the next big thing and i'm like oh that's so cool got me hyped up uh what else then uh uh and they're also gonna showcase the raid Shut up, CC Cleaner. I don't care about your fucking half price sale. Where's your fucking exit? Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, CC Cleaner is trying to sell me, like, a fucking $23 protection plan for, I think, like, what, a year? I don't know. It's not worth it. I'll just stick to my free antivirus software. 
aka no anti-virus software. Anyway, uh, so back to what I was saying. Uh, they have these things called raids, and they are six-player activities in the game where you go through a series of uh, areas that have like their own puzzles and mechanics and boss fights. And this is going to be a race to see who finishes first. However, this is going to be a raid reprised from the first game, Destiny 1. And so they change it up a little bit. So what they do is in Destiny 2, they have these challenges where if you complete them, you get extra loot for that encounter. Now, the way it works is the race is going to be this. It's going to be a standard race at the beginning where it's just a matter of finishing the raid first, you know, doing all the encounters, fighting all the bosses, etc., etc., doing that all in just one fast go. Okay. Now that's now what's different is you have to complete it twice in order to qualify as the world's first team to win excuse me anyway so the world's first team has to complete the raid again but they have to use the challenges they are forced to do the challenges because normally the challenges are man you know optional it's just gets you another chest piece a uh, piece of you know loot but for the raid race, it is mandatory. Like, I'm saying, like, mega, like, if you fail to do the challenge, then you die and you wipe and have to restart. So that's how they changed it to make it more of a new raid race. But anyway, I digress. So that Friday, I'm going to be participating in the raid race. I'm going to live stream it and everything. I'm also going to live stream the showcase because I'm like, whoa, I'd be so cool, you know? Uh, get some traction, get some foot inside the door and all that. I just can't wait. I can't wait, you know? This week is going to be good for me. This week's a good week for Destiny players. I'm going to tell you right now, all right? Because every time they have a new season, they release new lore, which, by the way, the writers for all the lore pieces inside this universe they are doing a phenomenal job uh i will have i do have one complaint but that is a very minor complaint and if i do say it it will make me look homophobic which i'm obviously not so i'm just gonna keep that to myself okay because i'm i'm uh, well now that i said that everyone's like whoa <laughs> You got a slightly homophobic take. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, you portrayed two characters to have more of a father-son relationship, and then you just, like, throw that out of the water. And it's like, oh, they're actually lovers. But, I mean, I digress. You know, it's it's whatever. You know? they're Now, like, after the fact that they, you know, canonically made them a gay couple, you know, it's fine. I really don't care. I do think that the chemistry they have together is great. You know, it's just they established it before as like a father-son relationship. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> JK, lol, they're actually gay. I'm like, oh, so like, it's like you're gay for your dad. It's like the Odiphius complex, but gayer. Not that I have a problem with that, obviously. It's just, I don't know. When I first heard it, it kind of just like, hey, it, isn't that supposed to be like a father figure for that person? Isn't that kind of like weird? 
but you know they kind of like retconned it enough so that is just purely a romantic relationship and i'm like yeah it works you know i'm happy with it It works it makes more sense you know i don't know i I guess after saying that now everyone's gonna try to cancel me on twitter for being a homophobe but that's not at all the case by the way all right so anyway the lore all right the lore of the game it's great it's like star wars but as a video game that always expands and changes as you live life you know like what if you learn more about the star wars universe you know day by day that's basically the lore of destiny it's like every single time they release something they release more lore and more lore stories and all these other great storytelling things i'm just like whoa that's so cool oh wow man i can't believe it that's so cool but that's just me i'm a huge lore nut if there is lore in video games movies tv shows books i want to know of it because i am crazy about lore because most of the time the lore tells you so many amazing stories that they just don't have the time or money to create in game and show you so like you kind of just like when you see a new character or a character who's been mentioned in the lore you already know what they've done you already know that they're a very powerful person and that they could fuck you up if they wanted to all right that's that's very cool to me okay uh so yeah uh i'm a huge lore junkie when it comes to um destiny 2 because it's like wow how how can i not it's just so beautiful uh so yeah uh destiny 2 is a huge part of my time off but what if i don't play video games what if i don't play you know destiny 2 well Right now, I'm kind of delving into this new game called Multiverses. It's a video game that came out by Warner Bros. uh, with their video game studio, Players First, which their motto is that they care about the players and will actively listen to feedback almost 24-7. So, you know, that's great, you know, because I feel like a lot of game developers, you know, they make the game, they release it, and then... They kind of like wait and let it sit and see how people feel about it later. And then they'll come out and be like, okay, we hear your feedback. We're going to change this and that and all that jazz. So that's what they normally do. And that takes like months, you know, maybe even a year's worth of effort to change and make it something possible. But with Wonder Brothers, they kind of like do it almost instantaneously. Like, if you hear enough BS after, like, one or two days, they'll have, like, an announcement to say that, oh, yeah, look at the patch notes coming next week. And boom, everything's changed. Everything's better and more balanced, and it's great. I, I really like how they're like that. So, you know. Also, it's basically just a Smash Bros. game for Warner Brothers, which has a wider variety of video of characters to play as. Because with Smash Bros., it's only limited to video game characters. But with multiverses it's every single warner brothers property that's like cartoon network adult swim dc fucking game of thrones dude they actually have lebron james as a playable character like literally if you were to go up on and play multiverses right now it would be lebron james from space jam a new legacy and it's (laughs) Uh, I think it's hilarious. I-, I think it's absolutely hilarious that it's just like, oh yeah, I'm playing LeBron. What do you, what do you mean you're playing LeBron? I'm playing LeBron. 
that was like as wild as when I first heard that LeBron James was going to be a skin in Fortnite. I'm like, I'm sorry, LeBron, the 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 king is going to be a Fortnite skin. And yeah, uh, it's just kind of crazy to think that now it's like all these celebrities are coming into video games as like playable characters and stuff. And, it's, and this is the first audio dip that I have encountered. Very impressive. But anyway, um, yeah, no, Ariana Grande has her own skin. And then, like, LeBron James' his own skin. And then fucking John Wick's, you know, uh, Keanu Reeves. I almost blinked out on his name. He's got his own skin now. Like, he, he had his own skin. Like, a bootleg, you know, order off from Wish John Wick skin. But he's got, like, a brand new high-definition, you know, remastered John Wick skin. And it looks a lot better and more closely to Keanu Reeves. Like, I just, I don't know, I find it kind of crazy that so many people have all these fucking skins and playable characters in video games. I'm like, wow, I know that person. That That is a celebrity. I, I recognize that name. And he is in my game, or she, or they. Oh, my God. I don't know. When I said they, I just thought of Ezra Miller and all the fucked up things they did. Like, <laughs> that's something for another day. But anyway. uh, So, yeah, that's... I'm a huge gamer, mostly Destiny 2, but, you know, that's, like, everyone, you know, they, they usually have, like, that main game that they'll always go back to, whether it's, like, Overwatch or Call of Duty, Battlefield, whatever, you know, it's it's a big name, and people will play a lot, you know, that's, that's just how it goes. You really don't hear about people who are, like, super obsessive over, like, small titles, like, I don't think anyone is, like, live streaming, um... Oh my god, uh, coffee talk. I don't think anyone's doing that. Just saying. Uh, but on my, but when I'm not playing video games, what I will be doing is watching shows or movies. Uh, I'm a huge advocate for horror, okay? Like, if you give me anything that's spooky and gory and gross, and I'm going to be like, mmm, feed me more, just drip feed it to me through an IV tube inject that shit straight to my blood vessels that's me with horror i love horror i heard that there's a new saw movie coming out this year or next year whatever that may be and i'm very excited except you know the last saw movie spiral i heard it was mad doo-doo uh (laughs) just so bad you know i should see if hbo max is gonna have a spiral on it I doubt it. I think it had for like once, and then I just blew over it, and then I don't know, man. I don't know why I just didn't watch it when it had it. Dude, Jesus fucking Christ! Thirty-seven Rotten Tomatoes for Spiral, for for a ninety-minute movie. Jesus Christ, man. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, I'm a huge horror fan. Uh, specifically the stuff that's like in Saw films where it's like death traps and all that. I love me a good death trap. Death traps are great. Um, so there's that, you know, if you get, like, I, I'm in the middle of watching Mimic 3, which if you don't know what Mimic is, I doubt most people do. Uh, what they did was there was this disease that was trying to kill off all the young ki- children in New York City. Uh, I don't know why it only targeted them. Um, but yeah, there's a disease that was killing off all the children in New York City. So what they did was they mutated uh, cockroaches into fighting off these, you know, 
germs or bacteria or whatever that's causing the kids to die off from this mysterious disease and it was a success you know it, it, success it saved all the kids you know and, and the virus disappeared overnight basically however this caused the uh, cockroaches to <sighs> mutate and grow and expand and all this other stuff and it's like whoa that's like really weird and eventually the cockroaches you know they they grow to like quadruple the size of what they were supposed to be no not even like these things start off as like the size of house cats when they're babies and then they grow up to be like these bear-like sized monstrosities and shit and they look terrifying i mean the cgi looks terrible you know the movie came out like i think in 2003 to 1990 something like that it, it was like from the late 90s early thousands and it's like whoa that's crazy um so uh, that was the first one second one is like oh i thought we killed them all but actually they're not all dead and then it's like oh wait i just realized you can actually like replicate human appearance and mate with humans and continue their lifeline i'm like oh okay sure and then um now Mimic 3, it's like, uh, I don't know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've literally only been like in like the 15-minute mark of the movie, and I think it's like almost two hours, so I have to finish that up eventually. But yeah, horror is my go-to form of media. But I'm also looking into other things, like Genity's Tartet... Hold on, I'm actually going to have to Google this real quick on the smartphone because I just know uh, I fucked it up. All right, Kennedy uh, Tar Tartakovsky. Um, he's the one who made Samurai Jack, Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Laboratory, you know, all that cool stuff. Uh, he released a show back in i believe 2019 it was called primal and that was about a caveman and his dinosaur companion basically surviving like prehistoric monstrosities and horrors like there was one episode when they were in the winter tundra and they had to fight a whole herd of mammoths that was crazy uh then they had to like survive a river filled with like piranhas and eels and alligators that was cool uh there was one where they had to fight off uh, a celtic witch's cult that like sucked out the life of man and then that in turn was able to give birth to children and thus they changed you know they trained them to be like witches and stuff like that was pretty cool and then there's another one where they fought like these giant vampire bat monsters who were working symbiotically with a giant spider that was cool like there was a lot of cool stuff in that show and it's like well yeah you know they can kind of do this stuff because it's all prehistoric you know there's not really 100 percent accuracy with all everything so as long as it's like in the realm of possibilities it's possible and they will do it like there's this one episode where they had a zombie virus um and like really it really was like a zombie virus because like what happened was it rapidly de uh de uh de this not deceased um uh, 
oh crap what's the fucking word uh it degenerated did is it degenerate i don't know i don't know but basically it made whoever was infected like rot away and boil over and like all their skin was like molted and rotted and all this gross ass shit and it's like whoa they got zombie dinosaurs now because what happened was there's like this diseased velociraptor who was acting really weird and just kind of like bashing its head against everything but like it was off because like you could see like it's vertebrae from its spine sticking out from the back of its neck you know like half of its face kind of seemed like it was just about to fall off you know blood was spraying everywhere its eyes were like crazed and all that it was fucked up and then it bit a stegosaurus you know those big ass tall ass guys from jurassic park and it was like mm-hmm. you know that scene that iconic scene from that movie but anyway uh, it bit it and then it went out on a rampage and then it killed its whole herd of stegosauri i don't know what the plural is if it's stegosauruses or stegosauri but anyway it rampaged across the whole herd, killing all of them and smashing all the aches before they had time to actually mature and shit. And, you know, you, you know, when you think of like an egg, you know, it's like, oh, it's just an egg and it's unfertilized. But like, no, these fuckers were fertilized. This is this poor monstrosity, you know, afflicted with an incurable disease. Um, it, it killed all these embryos. And like, you really don't understand the horrors of that until like you just see the damage and then like literally as soon as the dust settles then the main characters come in and they're like whoa what happened here and then you as the audience knows like oh shit it's still there they're gonna fucking get killed or something and it's like this huge chase scene and eventually you know they almost get bitten all that but then it falls into this ravine and you think it's dead you know, because if it's a big guy falling, you know, pretty, pretty deep hole, you know, and and like, yeah, it looks like it's dead. So, you know, they have a moment of rest, you know, in the cave and then they have a nightmare. You know, this caveman has a nightmare about being a zombie, uh, even though it doesn't know exactly what the zombie virus is. And then his dinosaur companion, Fang, you know, was also infected and all that. Oh, by the way, uh, their names are Spear and Fang. Cadman being Spear, Dinosaur being Fang. Very simple, very creative. You know, I mean, not really creative, but just simple. You know, like, it tells you, like, if you hear the name Spear, like, oh, it's a guy with a spear, a.k.a. Caveman. If you hear Fang, it's like, oh, it's a thing with a Fang, a.k.a. a dinosaur. Like, it just makes sense. Uh, But yeah, no, they have a nightmare, and then they wake up, and they try to sneak around it, because they're like, you know, they just know it's still alive or something. So they try to be sneaky-peaky, and then middle of the night it rises back up you know this giant monstrosity more flesh is ripped off from its body it's more crazed and hungry for blood and all that and it just ugh. i love primal primal is such a good show i want more people to watch it i want more people to talk about it. it's so good the second season is great like they're going more into like human interactions rather than just like animalistic corrections because like with animals you know it's like oh it's survivor you know kill or be killed but with humans it's like well there's like this whole other depth of like morals and you know is it like you know survival or is it just bloodthirsty rage and it's like whoa 
that's really cool i, I love that um but then uh yeah, but anyway that's probably i'm gonna stop talking about that because i want to talk about another show that i'm really into right now harley quinn uh it's an animated adult uh show from dc comics obviously and it's about the titular character harley quinn no shit uh and basically harley quinn is trying to be like her own baddie you know she's broken off from the joker you know she's trying to start her own gang pull off heists and all that and then eventually she gets recognized by the legion of doom you know who's like the major baddies it's almost like you know working your way up from like apple to uh microsoft or something i don't know uh I don't know. I'm really bad with comparisons, but basically she made it into big leagues and she's like, oh, wow, this is great. And then she realized, oh, wait, this isn't actually what I wanted. And then it's like this whole thing, blah, 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 blah. And then eventually second season comes around and uh, she marries Poison Ivy and like they're a couple and all that. And then season three is like there, there's so much stuff in the Harley Quinn show that like I would need way more time to talk about. Um which I obviously don't have because I'm going to go get lunch soon. Uh, I can get it from my usual pizza joint, get a specialty slice, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. But, yeah, no, Harley Quinn is a great, great show. It's an HBO Max exclusive. So if you don't have HBO Max, sorry, you're going to have to pirate off somewhere, which, honestly, with how hbo max has been handling things i think that's the morally correct option uh like look at this all right let, let, let's just talk about this okay hbo max dropped the fucking ball when they had to axe off 36 shows from their catalog due to the discovery merger that's happening next year by the way all right it's not even gonna happen this year it's gonna happen next year and because of this they had to axe off 36 shows 20 of them yes you you heard me right 20 of those shows were hbo max originals meaning they put the time and money into making all of these shows to draw more people in and then they just axed it off you know just that was me like chopping my desk you know so that you can tell you know, it's like, boom, you know, but anyway, I just think it's so fucking stupid that they just got rid of 20 shows that they originally created that they own the rights to, like, they could have gotten rid of countless things that hardly anyone watches, and no one would have cared, but, like, these shows were, like, pretty decent, they were pretty mediocre, you know, like, they were either, like, really good or really okay, you know, and it's just such a shame to, like, know that all the animators and storytellers and all that, you know, they, they, their baby got axed off just because they're like, oh, yeah, this isn't this isn't working for us. So, like, why? Why is it not working? Like, these shows were great. You had Close Enough, which was an adult version of regular show, which was absolutely phenomenal. Like, really, dude? Really? You're going to, you're going to keep like these shows but you're gonna get rid of like the actual shows that people watch like they got rid of generation which is like a coming out story for the lgbt you know teen drama kind of thing and like yeah it's like wow you know i, I never personally watched that show 
stuff like that never interested me. Like, people always like, how me to, like, watch Euphoria? Because, like, that's good. I'm like, I don't care about teen drama, man. I hate teen drama. I was in teen drama when I was in high school, and that shit sucked. I was in teen drama when I was in college. That shit sucked. I don't want any of that shit. I don't want to watch any of that crap. That's so dumb, you know? It's like you're watching, like, these 20 to 30-something-year-old people act as, like, you know, 14 to 16-something-year-old people. I'm like, it's so dumb. Like, it's just like, yeah, I understand it's very realistic and all those things are possible, but, like, at the same time, it's like, why should I care? What What's the point of me watching these shows, you know? Just so I can relive high school? High school sucked, man. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. Newsflash, you know, high school sucked ass. And I guess people are just nostalgia, nostalgic for it. It's like, oh, look, I'm gossiping about these, like, you know, fake teens. It's like when I'm in high school again. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't see the appeal of it. I really don't see the appeal of most live-action shows, mostly reality TV. I know Euphoria is not really reality TV, but uh, at that point, it should just be reality TV. Also, they're bringing back they're bringing a lot of reality shows that no one fucking asked for, like really, no one asked for them. And, you know, HBO Max is, like, holding it, like, a badge of fucking honor or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, my God. A lot of people are actually praising HBO Max for having such a wise uh, catalog of animated shows and movies and all that. And now those same people are saying that it's like, wow, um... So I was totally fucking wrong. Uh, streaming services really don't care about animations whatsoever. And, you know, it's like, wow, yeah, you really really see the fucking falls, the flaws in this whole plan of axing off, like, all these animated shows. Because, like, I mean, if you think about it, you know, animation is one of the only forms of media that couldn't have been shut down due to COVID, you know. Because it's all done, it can all be done in isolated areas, you know. Every storyboard artist can work on their own thing in their own home. Every animator can work on every piece of animation on their own in their own home. All the voice actors, they can set up their office spaces or whatever with, like, microphones and, like, soundproofing and all that stuff. And as long as they have a computer, which, you know, nowadays everyone does, it's easy. Um... So, like, yeah, animation was, like, the only thing that really survived the pandemic. And now it's like, wow, uh, thanks, you know? Let, let, let's really push the thing that, you know, causes, like, you know, COVID cases of shooting up and all that, whatever. Like, I don't understand why they have to fill the void of all those animated shows with reality TV, okay? Reality TV sucks, you know, live action sucks because you can you don't have that mystical power of like animation and drawings where you can literally do whatever the fuck you want. Okay. Like, can you fucking make, you know, a giant spider, you know, trapping a whole species of subhumans 
that are like being assisted by giant vampire monsters that only come out on the blood moon. I, can you do that? No, you can't do that because that's so far fetched. But with animation, you can because it's literally drawn to life. You can draw anything and it can be animation, and that is so cool. Like, ugh. Just pisses me off, man. So annoyed at reality shows. I fucking hate reality shows, man. Anything with like live action is mostly garbage. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. There is very little shows with actual people in it that I enjoy, because I, you know, it's 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 limited because you either have piss poor CGI that looks awful, like like I'm, I'm like it literally looks like fucking PS One video game characters in 2022 like that is bad that looks terrible you know because i know how good cgi can be i i've seen it and you know especially with all all these like marvel crunches for vfx artists you know that they're basically being borderline abused you know it just doesn't settle right with me you know knowing that we rely so much on all the cgi and shit and now it's like oh well, whoopsies, you know, it's like, whatever, who cares, right, it's just a TV show, uh, no one's gonna care about how good the CGI does, but I fucking care, and a lot of other people care, so, yeah, also, let's, let's, since we're talking about reality shows, and me, I'm having a spiteful hate rage for them, um, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, uh, it's garbage, it is terrible, um, if you have the option to watch it, please do not. I am imploring you. It is the biggest spit in the face of what J.R. Tolkien's um, Lord of the Rings like franchise was. Like, <sighs> the showrunners say that this is an adaptation on one of his works, but here's the thing. If you're an actual Tolkien fan and you actually know Lord of the Rings, these are notes that he just made okay they're not an actual story that is adapted they're an inspiration if anything and i'm not i'm sorry if i sound like a conservative asshole or whatever but adaptations nowadays are not good okay like i understand there's a quota to fill in you know with like equality and all that like i get it and I don't think, you know, that's not a thing that's belonging, you know, to this whole thing. Because I, I, I'm going to talk about a good show that has diversity and representation and all that. And that's called Peacekeeper or Maker. That was Peacekeeper. All right. And this is a DC original show about John Cena's character, you know, titled Peacemaker. It was Peacemaker, not Peacekeeper. Peacemaker. Okay. He's kind of like Captain America if he was an absolute asshole, all right? He'll do anything to protect freedom, even if it means killing children. Um, and, like, it has a very diverse cast. It has of not just race, okay? It also has, you know, a dabble of LGBTQ representation. Uh, one of the main characters is a lesbian, and... It's not, like, so in your face that, like, you know, you, you kind of just moan and groan. It's, like, stops everything. It's like, hey, guys, this is the mandatory segment in the episode where I'm going to talk about how I'm gay. 
yeah, I'm mega gay. I'm so gay that I will just glug on so many dicks and balls and whatever. Like, yeah, that's just me. I'm mega gay. Okay, now back to the rest of the episode. It's not like that. They had, like, one scene like that in, I think, episode three. And the context was the woman and her partner... uh, they, they, they were, like, living in separate areas because, you know, they were doing, like, black ops shit, and they didn't want to, like, put each other in danger, so the main character was working with everyone else while her partner was, like, in another hotel room, and, like, she sent nudes to her, and so, like, when she was doing a debriefing on her tablet, she accidentally showed her partner's vagina, and, you know, that's, like, a joke, you know? It's like, oh, shit. She just flashed everyone her partner's vagina. And, like, that was, like, the most forced thing they've ever done. I say forced in this situation because it didn't feel forced, you know? Like, I feel like that could happen. But, like, out of all the other representation they had for that character and her lesbian relationship with her partner, it felt very natural. It felt very believable, you know? But, like, nowadays, when they do representation, it's, like... 99% 99% of the time, they have to scream it out in big, bold litterings. And it's just, it's so annoying because that really stops momentum of everything. And I just, I, I can live without it, you know? I mean, I've heard Euphoria does a, a really good job with representation of LGBTQ characters. And I don't know, maybe I should give it a watch just for that, see, you know, what they think, you know? Like, I don't think it's hopeless that you can have diversity in media and you know, it being not, like, just a political writing spectrum thing, where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm just turning myself in here, because, you know, it's like me, 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 you know? Like, it's not entirely, entirely terrible with that, but personally, for me, if all you're doing is putting in a character as either a self-insert, or just to say, like, hey, we're cool, because, you know, we included gay people in our show, and they're not afraid to show it, it's like, Really? You're just adding a character just so you can say you have a gay character? Is that really all you're doing? Like, the main character in Peacekeeper, who's a lesbian, she's actually important to the show. She's the kind of, like, humanizing agent for Peacekeeper and Peacemaker. Whatever, I'm sorry. I I know, like, I... It looks so bad when you're talking about a show and you can't even remember the fucking name of it. But, you know, honestly, it's it's a while. You know, it's been a while since I've saw the show or talked about it or think about it, you know. And I know it's like season two is coming or whatever, but point is, um, like, she brings something. She brings an element of humanism to Peacekeeper. And it's like, wow, you know, that's great, you know. I love it. I love how she makes, you know, this bloodthirsty monster, you know, think. Like, you you know, they did some fucked up shit, you know, in the Suicide Squad where they were first introduced in the, you know, film media, whatever. And, like, it was, like, amazing, you know, to, like, kind of see this change with him. Sorry, I fucking slapped my microphone with my fingernail. Um, and, And, like, wow, that's, you know, it's really cool. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's like really not forced, you know? It's like she's bringing something besides just being a gay character. Oh, uh, she's also bringing something besides being black, you know? It's like, I didn't mean to say that with, like, such venom. If people think that, that's not at all the case. It's just, 
again, it's more of the fact that there's, they're just putting people of a diversity spectrum in things just so they can get brownie points. I mean, look how Activision handled that, all right? They literally made a matrix, matrix system to plug in, you know, the characters of their fucking video game. It's like Overwatch and Call of Duty. And they're seeing like, oh, yeah, how diverse is this character? Is this diverse enough? Uh, like, it was so gross, like, seeing that. And I'm like, wow, they've had this since Overwatch, like, in 2015. That was so fucked up, man. And I'm like, you know, are you guys really going to support a video game that does this? that literally views every single person as just another consumer. Like, they don't care about if you're gay or black or disabled or anything like that. They don't care about that. They care about making money. They care about, you know, how much money you're going to spend for the cosmetics for those characters, you know? They don't care if you share a connection with the characters or anything like that. And that's what most people do nowadays. They don't care if you, you know, resonate personally with them. They just want brownie points and they want to coast off those brownie points and make it seem like they're successful but most of the time when they do that they kind of avoid the time of developing really good substantial storytelling like so bad it is so bad okay i'm just gonna say it out loud all right it is bad when all they do is just focus on the politic of the character you know the politics of the character rather than actually making a good character like, Peacekeeper, James Gunn made it and wrote it, and, like, everyone felt like they belonged there. And you didn't care how old or young they were. You don't care, you know, like, what their sexuality is. Like, yeah, they sprinkle it in here and there, and they actually confirm that Peacekeeper is bisexual and like, the second-to-last episode of the season. And, like, that little detail, I'm like, okay, it's whatever. Peacekeeper's bi. Sure, you know? Like, that doesn't define them as the entire character. It's when they start using their diversity as a definition of what their character is. Like, oh, yeah, I'm gay. Okay, well, what else do you do? No, I'm just gay. Oh, so then, like, what's the point? Oh, well, the point is is so that I don't look homophobic, so you guys don't look homophobic. I'm like, yeah, but, like, if we never associate with you, that doesn't make us homophobic. It's just we never associate with us. Like, yeah, but... You know, I have to be in here because I'm I'm the gay representation. I'm like, okay, so like, what are you gonna do in this situation? I'm like, oh, nothing. I'm just gonna be there as a side character in the background. I'm like, okay. And then when I talk, I'm gonna talk about how gay I am. I'm like, okay. And that's like the whole thing with like modern day TV now. You know, I'm tired of just being quiet about it. But I'm just gonna be vocal. You know. If you're going to put someone of, a you know, diverse representation, you know, whether it's their ethnicity or sexuality or whatever, at least make them characters and not just, you know, self-insert brownie points because it's very stupid to write in a character and then make them not do anything but just say, oh, yeah, this is who I am. I'm gay. Like, obviously, they have to make them do something else, you know, for the story. But sometimes they just forget about it. Remember with Power Rangers? that reboot movie that came out in like 2016 or something. And they said that the yellow ranger was going to be openly gay. I don't remember a single thing about her 
being openly gay. Granted, I haven't really sat down and watched it again, but like so many people came out to watch that movie, and I think there was only like one scene where it's like, oh yeah, uh-huh, I like this girl, and it's like, wow, really? That that was that was your that was your big lesbian lesbian representation your representation. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, I wonder how many people got suckered into watching that terrible movie then. I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to have a character be a diversity, you know, at least make them substantial enough so that the weight of their diversity, you know, doesn't seem like it's the only weight they have, you know. That's like, I'm going to say this, okay? What if all those great characters that came out of like 80s 90s action films like rambo uh the terminator pre the fucking alien from predator you know like what if we just found out oh yeah um you know this cool you know, badass soldier from nam who was abandoned by the cia who's out on a bloodthirsty rampage to kill all scorched earth policy rambo you know what if what if what if what if we found out that he's actually trans and that it's actually a woman. He, he's transitioning into being a woman. Okay. Uh, how does that impact the story of Rambo? How does that tell us, you know, that he was abandoned by the CIA in Vietnam, and now he's on a bloodthirsty revenge mission to kill everyone? How is, uh, how is that really impacting the story? Oh, it's not. Not at all. We're, we just wanted to tell you that because we feel like you're, you know, that's, that's how we're going to get people to watch the next movie trans transgender rambo uh is is going to be the next reboot they are yeah uh, and and here and here let me let me tell you something okay prey did something like this the newest movie in the predator universe that is an hulu original by the way it's not even a real fucking movie all right it's a, it's a streaming exclusive movie which i think is bullshit i think if they released it in theaters it would have been a smash hit but that's just me. Uh, Prey, you know, they they made the main character a woman. They made her a huntsman in a Native American tribe. And, you know, you see her training with, like, tools and stuff to, like, hunt down the predator, and then she kills a predator. Um, that's great, you know? It's, like, it's believable because I do believe that there's some women in, like, nomadic tribes, you know, hunter-gatherers who would want to hunt, you know? I do believe that. Um, I believe that with enough cunning skills and tools at their disposal that they would kill the predator. However, I do think that when you compare it to everyone else, like, if you were to compare the fact that highly trained mercenaries for the CIA or whatever the fucking strike team was in the original Predator. They weren't able to take down one Predator by themselves, you know? Like, it literally took, like, the whole team dying and all that. And just Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, going back to this primal hunting, you know, state that every man, or sorry, every person has naturally. It's like, wow, you know, that's, like, intense. That's what makes it scary. And then, but then when you compare it to just a woman, you know, from, like, I don't know, 17-something, wherever the movie takes place, being able to take care of this hunter, like, 
if you were to establish that maybe the predator was young and they weren't experienced and it was like their first kill, like imagine this. Imagine at the end of the movie, the the predator dies, and then you you see like two more predators or like a whole party of them appear, like how they did in uh, Predator Two, and they kind of like show that like it was a son or like a daughter, you know, being killed, like someone experienced, you know. I would believe that if they ever explain that. I, I but that's the thing; they don't really explain the predator because it's just a predator, you know. Like, you know it's a bloodthirsty hunting monster from space. You know, that's it. But I feel like if you were to explain it, you know, something like that, like, oh, it's actually a kid predator. Like, that would just piss off people because that's what they did with Predators or Predator, the Predator, the the 2018 movie. Um, They made, like, a hierarchy system established where there was this, like, super predator that hunts down shitty predators and kills them for i don't know sucking or something like yeah that like when they did that that was like oh that's so stupid so like i feel like it would have worked better if like they established that the predator and prey was like a kid like going on their first hunt and then they died and failed you know I feel like that would be like that, that would tie everything nice and it would make sense, you know, because like, wow, you have like this one predator hunt down a whole strike team with like, f- you know, automatic firearms and explosives and all this shit. And they all failed and almost died. And only one of them barely made it out alive, you know, like that. That makes sense. But, you know, then you have this one predator who does it all and then just gets get beaten by like, I don't know, a woman in like her mid 20s you know like i don't know it's just like in a vacuum praise a good movie okay but when you have it established you know with the other prey movie you know predator movies then you kind of like see the faults and the cracks and all that and i'm not saying that is the problem with the representation of having the main character being a woman it's more the fact that just if you don't establish that the predator in that movie versus the predator in the first movie are different in skill, then yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. That a woman, like a tiny petite woman in her twenties, even though look, I don't care if you like establish the fact that they have like all the tools and stuff to hunt down the predator, the predator and all that and prey. It's just the fact that you don't think guys with mini guns and, explosive launchers and like all of this other cool shit you know you think they wouldn't like be able to take down the predator like i really wish they would explain that the predator and prey was like some kind of younger you know almost like a kid going on their first hunt with their parents kind of thing rather than be you know established as like oh it's just another predator like and the thing is you can't really establish details with the predator you know ecosystem and hierarchy and all that because once you do then it's like oh that's boring that sucks i hate it i don't like it at all but like i say that but then i want to talk about aliens versus press predator the first one where they go into like the arctic circle and then they find out it's an alien breeding ground and then you realize the predators created the aliens to like have a hunting ground and like that's cool and all like i get it that's great but I don't know. It's just 
nowadays i feel like you can't have something without having it be someone's agenda you know like i don't know man i'm probably gonna get canceled on twitter for saying all this shit but that's just me you know i want characters to have substance i don't want them to just be a fill in the blank you know and then that's that it's like oh hey so what's this character doing nothing but being representation i'm like why aren't they doing something? It's like, oh, I mean, we could make him do something. And I'm like, well, why don't you? And then it's like, hmm, maybe. I don't know. That's just me. I feel like if you're going to have someone in a show or a video game or something and, you know, you make them talk and do things and interact with the world and they really just don't do anything besides just saying I'm gay or I'm black or this is my religion. Like, I I feel like if you don't add substance to those characters, then they're just going to come off as just easy brownie points for, like, you know, representation and diversity and all that. And like I said, with Peacekeeper, you know, that Peacemaker, I'm pretty sure it's Peacemaker with an M. I don't know why I keep saying Keeper. I don't know. But Peacemaker, uh, that show is great with diversity and all that. Like really, it, it was it was phenomenal. That's like what a diver. That's like what a perfectly diverse show slash medium should be. It should have characters of various backgrounds who actually contribute to the story. Like there's this Asian woman who's like a police officer who's on the ass of Peacemaker, and then she gets possessed by the aliens that they're trying to you know kill off. And then she becomes, like, an even more integral part of the story. Like, you just think, oh, she's just, you know, the police officer that chases the main character and she'll never get her, you know, him or whatever. And it's like, oh, that's, like, the whole dynamic. But no, then they made her, like, an excruciatingly crucial character to the entire story. And it worked. And it's not like, you know, when she got possessed by an alien, it's like, ah, yes, I am Asian character representation. Yes, this is good. Uh, must commit with plan. It never like did that. She just went on her business as the alien, you know. And to me, that works. Peacemaker worked. It was literally the perfect show, of you know, in terms of diversity. And I feel like that's what I want with any show now. If they were to have diversity, I want the characters to be more than just inserts. Okay. Granted, I don't know how Brink's power is going to be. But uh, I'm just going to say it right now. The fact that they chose an Af- uh, an African ethnic character as a dwarven princess, I feel that's very dumb. Now, before everyone fucking raises their pitchforks and torches, let me just say this. Dwarves are usually people who live in the mountains, and they have established several times that they live in mountains, very dark, cave, you know, cavus areas. And that's, you know, that makes sense, you know? Dwarves are mountain people. They live in the mountains, like literally inside, underground, away from sunlight. And the fact that you have a character who has, you know, the genetic survivable mutation that of you know any human that they survive you know of uh, the pigmentation of their skin is darker because you know they have more of that one chemical that prevents uv damage to the cells i forget what it's called right now 
I know I used to be a medical student and I can't remember the fucking thing that makes people have darker skin color. I know I'm terrible. I'm sorry. That's why I didn't go to medicine. But anyway, um, like having that as a character in an underground setting just doesn't make sense. Cause why would their skin be like that if there's no sun for the, you know, cells to be damaged by UVs? Now, if they now, it can work if they explain that this is like dwarvish albinoism, you know, like how with albinos, there's everything about them is like pale white, you know, but like for dwarves, it'd be the opposite, you know. Because dominantly they are underground and they have white skin because they're not exposed to UV lighting, you know? That makes sense. So if they were to explain it as albinoism, you know, for dwarves, that would make sense. And I'm not saying that as like, oh, they shouldn't say that, you know, oh, they're not normal because, you know, they're not, they don't have the same skin color. I'm just saying if they want it to work, they should make it work and not just be another self insert. Because, fun fact, uh, the Rings of Power is not an adaptation. It's an inspiration. Meaning they can literally do whatever they want with it. And most of the time it's bad. Like, have you seen Star Trek Discovery? And how it gels with actual Star Trek fans? It's terrible. The writing is god-awful. It's all just representation in a Star Trek setting. Which, if you ask me, I don't think they needed more of that. I think Star Trek did a great job with having a diverse cast. You know, but what do I know? Clearly, clearly nothing because, you know, I'm, I'm a white man, you know, white man, bad, can't be racist to a white person, right? Well, too bad. I Google it and you can be racist to white people. It's just that racism typically happens towards minors, which even the Google definition of racism has, it just says it's typically towards minors, but it can happen to white people too. So... I'm just saying, you know, you, you, uh, you know, gloves are coming off, you know, I'm just saying here and now, um, think, you know, uh, like think with a logical mindset. Like, I don't think everyone's dead, you know, brain dead enough to like do all this stuff. But at the same time, I feel like people are so quick to label everyone as a bigot idiot just because, you know. And they try to think in a logical sense. I know. I'm just saying. It's just... <sighs> I've seen so much of, like, modern media and how it's just not really gelling well, you know? Like, I think Miss Marvel, you know, I haven't seen Miss Marvel. And I don't know if I'm ever going to watch Miss Marvel. But from what I heard as someone through the eyes of someone who's Pakistanian, who, which I think that's the correct religion of Miss Marvel in the show. I think she's Pakistanian, not religion, but like region and all that. I know. I'm sorry. I'm look, I'm tired. Okay. And I just want to get the shit done and live my life and all that. But anyway, um, from my heard from like a Pakistanian, you know, viewer, it's a very good show for them. It's a very strong representation of their culture and they like it and it works for them, you know? And they said that, like, look, if you're not, you know, Pakistanian, this is not the show for you, you know. And I, I, I totally agree with that, you know. I feel like if it's, 
you know, made for a certain audience that it works, you know, and that people will like it. But here's the thing. The guy pointed it out how flawed that is. You know, if you make a show specifically for one target demographic, you know, doesn't matter how good that is or not, you know, it could literally be the next coming of Christ in terms of quality and it could still only focus on one culture, you know, and that would be good for that culture, you know, but if people aren't going to be interested about it outside that culture, then that's technically a flawed show because you're trying to get as much as a wide demographic of viewers as possible for it. And then, you know, you have like this whole, you know, this thing and it's like, wow, you know, that, that wasn't for me. Um, I wasted my time watching it. That's where the problem rises. And this guy, you know, he talks about it and he says like, yeah, that's, that's a flaw, especially for something like the MCU where it's supposed to be a cinematic universe that everyone should watch. It feels like the most, non-friendly general viewer you know show of them all like obviously the diehard fans are going to still watch it because you know they're afraid that they're going to miss something you know that's going to be like a huge connection to the rest of the mcu like in miss marvel it established that mutants exist and that mutants are in the mcu and that miss marvel is the first canonical mcu mutant so there's that um it establishes Miss Marvel teleporting uh, away, and now Captain Marvel is here in, like, Earth when she's supposed to be in space, and, like, Kamala is now somewhere out in the universe. Like, that's huge. And the thing is, not a lot of people are watching it, and they don't know this stuff and all that, and it's just awful. Also, they include Lat- the Latinx thing, Latinx, all right? That is, like, I've heard from so many people of Latin American origins say that Latinx is literally the one of the worst things to ever fucking come out of this human generation of vocabulary, okay? If anything, they, they actually say that Latinx is a slur. They'd rather just be called Latino or Latina. And if you find people who actually say that Latinx is, you know, their preferred wording of it, you know, they're just trying to shill out to the people who know that it's like, oh, well, Latinx is wokes, you know. Uh, it's Remember? Remember when Twitch did that with the transgender streamers and they were like gender X or whatever? And that pissed off, like, literally everyone. And they, like, literally within, like, three days apologized and took down that. That's literally the same thing, but with, Latin, with you know, people of Latin American origin. And people still like that, apparently. Enough that a fucking MCU, MCU show, is show? MCU show? I mean, MCU show is using that terminology. Like, it's so bad. I'm just saying. You know, people are trying to be woke and equalic and all that, but I think if you just make the characters who have these, you know, backgrounds and all that more substantial, I think it would be better rather than just saying like, "Hey, we have this, like it," or "You're, you know, you're a terrible, bad, you're a bad person, you're 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 a Trump supporter, and you're absolutely terrible, and you you need to get burned on the stake because you you don't you don't trust Hillary." I'm just saying this, all right? Remember when fucking Hillary ran for presidency back in 2016 and fucking Madonna, like, had an animated version of her dancing with Hillary Clinton's head clipped on it 
like she she was being legitimately serious about that like you don't think that was the worst thing ever you don't think like having like a fucking clip art dancing animation of madonna and hillary clinton like twerking and shit was like good promotional material for hillary to win the election you think i'm just saying you know it's kind of crazy that people go so far to be woke and all that stuff when in reality all they're doing is just make themselves look like a fool because like like you i'm gonna i'm just gonna say this do you think pokemon go to the polls was a good way to get people to vote honestly tell me if you were told to pokemon go to the polls and vote for hillary are you actually going to vote for hillary were you no no you're not going to vote because that was so dumb so unbelievably dumb like i understand that was what happened in the time and the Democratic Party was trying to take advantage of that and try to, like, tie it in with their whole thing. But I'm just going to say it. it That really tanks the fucking likability of Hillary Clinton's campaign. You know? I'm just saying it. I'm, you know? I, in a vacuum, you know? Trying to entice people of this generation is very bad. Okay? They should just make general things happen. Like... Look at Top Gun Maverick. Okay, I haven't even seen the movie, and I know that there's, like, a diverse cast, you know, with women. Like, they have, they turned, you know, a classic action movie, Top Gun, and made it more modern, and it was a success because it was just dumb fun, you know? He didn't try to shove, like, all these political, you know, um, diversity and all that. They weren't trying to make that, like, a thing into a movie. They just made a movie. And it worked out great. It was one of the best movies to come out this year. And for good reason. It's just dumb, fun action, you know? People going in fast jets and shit like that, you know? They, they even had the volleyball scene from the first movie where it was just all ripped guys in shirts and that, without their shirts and abs and all that. And, and they made it into this movie, and it worked. Like, it's not hard to add diversity into movies, it's hard to make diversity feel either substantial to the point where it's like, okay, that makes sense. Or so, like, you know, generalized in terms of welcoming that you don't notice it, you know? I feel like that's the best representation in media is the ones that you don't realize that there is representation, and I know that makes me sound so terrible as a monster, monsters of a person, but think of it like this. Would you rather have a show where every five, no, okay, every 10 minutes, they have to stop everything, stop the whole plot of the episode, the series or whatever, and they have to talk about their representation in the show? Or would you rather have a show where the action keeps going forward and moving forward and, you know, you see the whole story and you see all these diverse characters of origins, you know, like, I, I'm going to say it, okay? The gay kiss scene from Eternals, I thought it was fine. I think, I think it was great. I thought it was wonderful. Okay? It didn't feel forced. 
Like it really didn't feel forced. It felt fine. I felt like the gay representation in that movie was great, and that they should do more. Sh- they should do more stuff like that. It felt natural. It didn't feel forced. It felt great, and I'm just annoyed that they wouldn't have stuff like that in other forms of media. You know, because that was just it felt natural. It didn't feel forced. It like it was good. Okay, like the context is like you know this was super ingenious internal who basically thought of giving people in the Bronze Age the ability to fire cannons, you know, and create steam engines and all that. He thought that you know he he it was gay, and he kissed like his husband and all that, and it was great. It was beautiful. You know, I felt that scene. And, like, his character being gay, it didn't draw me away from who he was, you know? Because we established he was an Eternal who, you know, was advanced in technology. He created the fucking atomic bomb that wiped out, you know, like, parts of Japan in World War II. And I, like, I know that's, I'm not really explaining why this is a good thing, but I just feel as though the representation in that movie for the LGBTQ was, it was not minimal. It was just not shoved down our throats, you know? Like, they wrote him as a character. They didn't write him as a picket sign with a card, with, you know, a cardboard personality. I didn't think he, you know, like the true hardcore, you know, fucking comic book people like i don't know it's a gundam critical drinker nerd rotic all those people like you know they're gonna say oh it's just lgbtq representation for lgbtq representation all that you know but for me i didn't think it was that like forced i thought it was there and it didn't feel like i didn't feel like it drew me away from like the story all right like it just it just made sense you know he kissed his husband goodbye because he didn't know if he was going to see him ever again and that was that you know like you're going on this most dangerous mission to basically stop the apocalypse of the planet and you don't know if the husband's going to come back alive and safe because you have like the most powerful person you know like in the world going against you and all that and you need someone to think like i i thought that was beautiful you know i you know i that's just me okay that's just me i don't care what you think or you know i don't care how much of a bigot you think i am i do think that representation can happen in media i just think people have to do it properly without being so forced because people who force that shit all the time are the people who don't know what they're doing and they're just doing self-inserts and they're like coasting off the fact like well you know woke culture makes sure that you know anything that's you know representing people of minorities you know who aren't straight white men literally anything besides that you know that that, that's their goal if it's not a white straight man then it's a success as a character in their eyes and if people don't like him then they're just racist bigots and all that that's not the case at all okay they don't like him because that's all they are which again, that's you know, like oh, it's totally bigot. That's so bias, bias, you know, racist and uh, stereotypical and all that bullshit. You know, it's just 
when you introduce a character and they're all just the same cardboard cutout of just, hey, I'm, you know, this insert or that insert, then that's when people have problems and that's when people complain and that's why people, you know, just say, hey, this isn't cool. I don't like that at all. Can you, like, not do that? And that's why people say, like, you know, oh, things were better you know, way back when. It was just, you know, the straight white male characters, you know, killing the fucking big baddie or the, the assholes, you know. That's why people say that. It's not because they don't like the gay people or anything like that. It's just that they don't like how the brain-dead writers are representing them. All right? Like, seriously, if you, like, watch anyone's videos about how Peacekeeper, you know, and all about their diversity, they will say, like, it's not ramming, ramming it down your throat. It's very natural. It's very human. It's not so crazy. And honestly, I think James Gunn is one of the best directors, writers, you know, in Hollywood because of that. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to write characters. He knows how to add characters of diversity and all that. He knows what he's doing when it comes to having characters of wide varieties, you know, of origins and, you know, who they are. Like, think about it. He's worked on what? Guardians of the Galaxy, The Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, you know. He, he's worked on all these shows where it has, like, multiple main characters. And he's been able to juggle each and every single one flawlessly. At least in my eyes, flawlessly. And, you know, like, with that, I, I, I like I said, I think there's diversity in the media. I, I think it belongs. I don't think it should just be all white men doing white men things straight white men things i don't think that at all i just want the representation of people to be natural and i want it to feel like it's not their whole character trait because what if there was a show about you know straight white men doing straight white men things and that was their whole character and that was the whole show like, that'd be morally boring. Like, it, like literally, like, it's like, oh, yeah, I go out and party and drink and have sex with my hot wife. Ha ha, yes, very cool. And that was the whole plot of the show. And there was a whole, and every other character was just straight white men. And that any person of diversity was just props, you know, that'd be terrible. And that's not what people are asking for either. They're just asking for people who have representation to actually be substantial characters. It's just that you don't want to admit it because you think, oh, they don't like the character because they're a representation, you know, they don't like that representation, thus they're racist and all that. No, they just don't like it because they're literally just there as inserts for representation and they serve no purpose into the story. Okay? Just saying, you know, if, if the writers for these shows and movies actually made the representative characters, characters, um, then I think a lot more people would be raving over, you know, a black dwarven princess. But no, a lot of people are not raving about that. A lot of people, a lot of people think it's stupid because, like I said, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And we really don't know what the character is going to represent in its overall story, you know. But that's just me. Okay. I've talked way too long about all this diversity shit and all that about tv shows and whatever but i don't know 
it was kind of just eating me up just seeing like how people are like oh yeah no this is this is this is good this is bad you know and people really aren't listening as to like why it's bad they just think it's because they're racists or bigots or sexists or whatever like you can have good people look ripley scott from the aliens franchise she was a badass everyone loved her and that came out in like what the 80s early 90s what you know why why do you think she was why do you think she's such a beloved character in a franchise as popular and well known as aliens okay i'm just saying that it's not the characters that the people hate it's the writers who make the characters okay if that's anything that you have to take away from this whole rant it's just that the writers don't know what the fuck they're doing with the characters and it shows and unless people you know Unless they own up to that mistake and they actually make characters and not just fucking billboard sign characters where they're just there as advertisements, then I have no hope for modern day television, which is why I always go back to my animated cartoons because at least then, you know, they can do whatever they want and it's okay because it makes sense, you know, like literally, you know. Like, I feel like with animation, like, look at Young Justice, okay? Young Justice has one of the most diverse animated casts in terms of, you know, sexuality traits and sexuality, uh, origins, religion, and all that. Like, it, it, it's massive. And, you know, season four felt a little forcey with all that and how much representation they were doing. But at the same time, it's like, whatever, you're still watching the show. You're still caring about the characters. Who cares if Aquaman is gay, you know? Um, who cares if, you know, Aquaman is black, you know, who cares about, you know, half this shit, like, who cares if Miss Martian is not a green Martian and is a white Martian, you know, like, there's a lot of stuff that they do right with the shows, and that's because they care about the characters rather than what they represent, and, you know, who they represent. Like, what I'm trying to say is, okay, you can have representation, you can have diversity, you can have all this stuff in your shows and movies and books and all that, and that's okay. It really is. I just don't want you to ram it down my throat and make it seem like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this this is who I am. And I'm only that. I'm only the gay representation, and I really do nothing else. Like, make that gay representation do something substantial, you know? Make that gay representation make, you know, a monster like Peacemaker feel more human while still being the douchebag Captain America character that he is in the comics, you know? That's just me, all right? Oh, anyway... It's almost an hour and a half. This is probably the longest podcast episode recorded, and most of the time it's just ranting about how the writers in Hollywood don't know what they're doing when it comes to diversity most of the time. And before everyone says, oh, he is really a racist bigot white boy, oh, I'm going to block him and not talk to him whatsoever anymore because that's just me, you know, I'm just going to say this. I have made points in this little rant that... You know, you can't have it all. 
you can have your cake and eat it too. You just have to be smart about it, okay? You have to be methodical. You have to like really think it out and flesh out the characters and not just be like, oh yeah, that's it. That's all. But that's that. That's uh, that's it. All right. So that's my take on writing and representation in Hollywood and how it's garbage and that they really need to sit down and write like good characters. And you know what's another good show that has great diversity and doesn't feel so forced? The Orville. Fucking Seth McFucking Farlin. Family guy, funny moments guy. He made a better show about diversity and representation. And he's the one who rips on that the most throughout his animated career, making Family Guy. And yet he still made a good, diverse show. Figure that out. All right. You have to make characters in your shows. You can't just make billboard signs. All right. Anyway, that's it. All right. That's what I do in my free time. I play video games and watch TV shows. And I talk about shit that people don't want to hear because that makes me look wrong and racist and you know homophobic and all that jazz that's not the case at all you know what the case is the case is i don't like characters who are just billboard signs representing something all right i don't care about billboards who does okay you see billboards advertising things they're like oh that's interesting and then you move on and then you keep seeing that billboard over and over again and you hate it you grow to hate the billboard because it's just there doing nothing it just stands there facing the forces of nature by itself as an inanimate object with a little pretty picture on it and i hate billboards so please hollywood by chance if you hear this podcast which i highly doubt it make your billboards not billboards make them characters okay and to the people who are going to try to cancel me or block me or whatever because I said all this, uh, I literally just explained why I have problems with these characters and why they're bad characters. Okay? And if you really are offended by that fact, then, oh well. Sorry. You know? I'm not trying to be racist or homophobic or anything like that. I use one word that I did not know was a slur because it's just like something people say and like kids say and like it's literally worthless but like now people literally go out of their way to look it up and like oh my god you're offending Mongolians I'm like really really that's you're not even of that ethnicity so why do you care just saying you know are you a Mongoloid? Sorry, a Mongolian? Are you a Mongolian? No. So then why does me saying Mongoloid as just a word that sounds very funny to say uh, offends you? Like, I really had no intentions of, like, being racist or anything about it. But you find a way to make it seem like I'm racist because of it. Also, the fact that you jumped a gun and saying that me calling myself an honorary Jew when all my Jewish friends in this Jewish community that I grew up my whole entire life has given me that term. Um, okay. It just really seems like you just want it to be right. And, you know, all that stuff. So, all right. 
people know me. People know I'm not racist. People know I'm not homophobic. People know all this, okay? And if they do see that now, and they find me, so my, me to be homophobic, racist, etc., etc., then they clearly don't care about me. And they don't care about you either. They just care about being right, because that's just that. Like, people really... You know, this is a whole thing that I'm going to go into later, probably after I get canceled on Twitter, because I just know I'm going to get canceled on Twitter after I post this episode on there, because that's just where everyone is, all right? No one, no one, 90% of the time, they don't care about the truth, or, you know, they, they just want everything to be black and white, you know, a good and evil. That's that's all they want. That's what That's what people want in the world, but that's not it. Everything in the world is a gray Sure, grays can lose an absence, you know, lose the aspect of white or black, thus making it white or black. But that's still a shade of gray. It's just lacking the balancing portion that makes it. Everything's gray at the end of the day. There is no black and white. Everyone keeps saying there is black and white, but it's just a gray lacking of white or a gray lacking of black, which then makes black or white respectively so that's a little philosophical you know food for thought moment right there okay everything is gray in the world there is no black and white the black and white you see in the world is just a gray with the lack of white or black which like i said makes black or white respectfully so please whatever you do before you call someone a racist bigot or whatever just because they have a different view than you about something Rather than jump at their throat and say some terrible things to them, because they are still a human being after all, um, talk to them about it and see why they think of it and see if they really are a racist homophobe, okay? Don't just label them because they're a white straight male, okay? Look at the Joker from Harley Quinn, all right? He knows it. He's white. He's straight. He's a male. But, you know, he doesn't think everyone's who's white straight males are homophobic and racist. Do you think he calls Batman a bigot? No. No. Okay. So, I got a little political there. I've been recording for 90 minutes, and I probably pissed off my dad because we were like, oh, yeah, we'll get pizza at, like, 1230. But, you know, I decided to do my podcast, and I went on a rant about how the writers in Hollywood don't know how to do representation properly and diversity and all that. So, anyway, that's it for me. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to record another episode next week. Maybe I will, you know, because I'm going to do that raid race on the Friday, the 26th. And I'm going to be recording the showcase live stream for Destiny 2 tomorrow after my eye appointment. So, yeah. Um, thank you all for listening to another episode of Life on the Line, Stories of a New York City Chef. I've been Chef Matt, and I hope you all have a great day. Be good people, be nice to each other, etc., etc. All right. Okay. <laughs>